welcome to the Three Innings Save podcast. I landed back in uh, the Kansas City area about oh two hours ago from Los Angeles, of all places. Got to watch some of the games while I was there, but I am extremely tired, so I'm excited for this extra loopy edition of the podcast. Yeah, How are you? Gonna be a, it's going to be a very loopy edition. We're going. We have a lot of. It's either going to be loopy, or I'm just going to pass out on my keyboard in the middle of so you can just keep going. It's fine. Either way, it's going to. It's going to be some. I'm sure audio. Brian can find some like cuts of me going ha ha ha, and you know that's right, Eric and. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I need to isolate those. Just in uh, case. You what a know. bunch of clowns! And yeah, how, how is he keeping up with the news? Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, uh, Brian Salvador, a great producer. Anyway, um, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna have a fun one. So on this one, we've got uh, the All Star game happened. There's a little bit more time to the draft that happened. We kind of yep. kind of have a better assessment, maybe, of what this team's going in a pretty positive series against the Mets uh, to yep. to wrap up. And um, perhaps uh, an existential crisis uh, about Dodgers fans' relationship with Clayton Kershaw in the both uh, immediate future and long term. <laughs> so hey, it's going to be fun. And it'll be, fun this is going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. We hey, but no matter what, we have questions from Craig after this. That's right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what, what what is it you're going on about Clayton Kershaw? All right. So as we recorded, uh, we recorded uh, Tuesday, the day of the All Star Game. In the daytime, it was actually as or yeah, right as like day three of the draft was going on. It, it was it, it's a crazy, stupid, busy time in in baseball. Clayton Kershaw missed the last week before the All Star break. Um, like oh well, he'll just you know, just a matter of time before he comes back. He he skipped. One, maybe two starts. And then he's going to rejoin the rotation. He's left shoulder tortoise. He's, he's just skipping a start. He, he wanted to pitch through it. It's going to be fine. Lies. It's all lies. No. Uh, so there's a couple of things at play here. One, Kershaw is extremely secretive yeah. about, like, <laughs> any sort of injury. Like, he's, you know. I don't. If, I don't know if it's stubbornness. It's definitely competitiveness. It, it's everything. But he just doesn't see the need to like reveal things until they have to be revealed or whatever. So we know he had shoulder inflammation. Um, left his start in Coors Field on June twenty seventh. Seventy nine pitches. He was great that game. Only he only pitched six innings, and he like I'm out. Um, shoulder inflammation. We knew from that he had a cortisone shot, shut down a few days, and then. The few days after that is when they put him on the injured list. When they put him on the injured list, the Dodgers said it was shoulder soreness, uh, not inflammation. I mean, it's semantics. Not not even that. It's not even that important. But like, um, I think the day they put him on the IL, I did not go to the stadium that day, but I saw some of the interview that was on Sportsnet LA with reporters, and he's like, "Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to pitch this week." You know, maybe only skip a start. He he was going to start Monday and Saturday, the last week before the break. Um, and then the idea was maybe he skipped one start and pitched Saturday, 
but the way the Dodgers pitching was sort of gassed, like they couldn't afford the, the extra, like um, they couldn't afford like having a dead spot on the roster for the next five games or whatever. So they're like, look, if you just take this now, it's minimal or whatever. So that was sort of the, the party line, I would say for that. Um, so then nothing much happened. First I went to the all-star game and he didn't throw, I think he threw what was termed as like a handful of pitches off of a mound in the week before the all-star break. And then he was going to throw during the all-star break. So we're like coming back, you know, sort of a few days off after the all-star game. Friday comes around. First hint was MLB network radio. Dave Roberts was a guest on one of the shows and they put the clip out there and, and he's talking about like the rotation coming out of the break. And, and then he's like, yeah, and then you know, we get Kershaw back. The hope is, you know, first week of August. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and this was like before the media scrum that day in New York. So, like, there was all this, like, oh, okay, that's something. And I guess both Kershaw and Roberts talked um, that day on Friday in New York before the game. So, uh, this is from Jack Harris's story in the LA Times. Uh, this was a quote from Kershaw about Dr. Neil Ella Trash who advised um, Kershaw to, to rest, basically. Um, he said, quote, when the doctor tells you something, I'm really good at arguing, but I can't argue with that. He's been around a long time and seen a lot of stuff, so obviously I trust his opinion. If there was ever a guy to go see, it would be him. That doesn't mean I believe it, but I do trust him. So then another sort of uh, quote from the uh, same you know, scrum that day, but this is from Fabian Ardaya's piece in The Athletic. Kershaw said, it's the weirdest thing. I feel completely fine. The shoulder feels good. I've just been told it has to rest. It's a weird deal. I've never had anything like it to the point where I'm going to go play catch today and throw as hard as I can, and then they say it needs to rest. It's just weird, honestly. I don't know what to make of it, but I'm just going to have to listen to them. So he's like in this, like, I would say resigned state of like, this is what they say is best for you, right? Like, and I think it's it's a situation where I don't I don't think it's the Dodgers necessarily like like capping his innings or anything like that because he's like their best pitcher and their 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 staff is so thin like right now like the, it, like if there was a way for him to pitch I think he would pitch right so I don't think it's a situation like that but he obviously is is I think frustrated with the whole thing. But at the same time, um, there was another piece, too, from um, the Jack Harris piece. Um, Kershaw, he, Harris noted, Kershaw said he knew exactly when he was returning, but he would not reveal the date. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But anyway, that's the first week of August, right? So that's still more than two weeks away. And, and also, critically, after the trade deadline, which is August 1st. So, like, we knew the Dodgers need to add pitching. Um, whether Kershaw's healthy or not, but like with, with him being a a question mark right now, I think it just sort of heightens that that sort of need. So without Kershaw for now, they're just kind of gutting gutting through it. Um, they had out of the break uh, Julio Urias, um, Tony Gonsolin, and then Bobby Miller pitch against the Mets. They have Emmett Sheehan and then Michael Grove starting the first two games against the Orioles, and then they, you know, reset again. The in terms of possible help before Kershaw, if something is needed, 
I didn't think I would say this, and I, I still don't know if I believe it, but Noah Syndergaard pitched five innings for Oklahoma City on Saturday. It was fine. Like he, he, he was supposed to pitch four and four innings and 60 pitches. He was so efficient. I think I forgot what his pitch count was. I think it was like around 40 pitches after four, so they're like, yeah, just go another inning. Ended up throwing 52 pitches, gave up two runs. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's like going to rejoin the rotation soon. Back in at Dodger Stadium before the break, Dave Roberts was making a point of saying, look, he has to show like the stuff is competitive and, and like major league caliber to his standards, to our standards. So it's not just a matter of him building up innings. Like he, they need to see something from him. So it's not as easy as, as saying like, well, he's up to five, six innings now. Like let's just activate him. You know, it might, they might end up activating him in the interim. Um, if say like, you know, Emmett Sheehan struggles or Michael Grove struggles or something like that, but it's not the, the best situation. But another thing, uh, Ryan Pepio, who's been out uh, since spring training, he made the opening day roster and then got placed on the injured list on opening day with a strained oblique. Uh, he pitched two innings and in, he started a rehab assignment with Oklahoma city on Friday. He's essentially in spring training mode. Uh, so he's probably got to go, I would say, three to four more uh, minor league starts before ready. So we're, we're looking at, like, after. He's an after Kershaw guy. Assume, let's let's say it's first week of August for Kershaw. So, like, Pepio's not, like, an, a now guy. So it, these next couple weeks between now and the trade deadline are going to be very interesting to see sort of how they how they manage it. Now, I will say at the moment, um, it looks pretty good. Uh, you know, right now, uh, they had a decent week uh, heading into the break pitching-wise. The offense really carried them that week, but they had sort of a group uh, good effort, and um, they had some, like Alex Vesey in particular, looked great since he's come back um, in the bullpen. But um, five days off from the all-star break sort of reset the whole pitching staff, and it, they, they looked like it. They only allowed uh, three runs in three games to the Mets. They almost got a sweep. Uh, they lost 2-1 in 10 innings on Sunday. Um, so that's like that's where the pitching staff is at now. But Sunday morning, uh, there was a column by Bob Nightingale. It was it was more than just about Kershaw, but it was talking about, I, um, you know, I think Craig Council was the other one who, with Kershaw, who might retire this offseason now. It's important that he's not reporting he's going to retire. He just There was conversation with Kershaw, and he made it very clear that it's at least on the table, right? And I don't, I don't remember. I, I maybe Kershaw has sort of alluded to this, but I don't, um, I don't remember him being as, as open about it, or at least about the whole, um, the process. Maybe he has. Maybe I'm, I'm just sort of memory holding it a little bit. But th this is. Uh, I'm just going to read an excerpt from from Nightingale's column. This is from Kershaw. Quote, I have four kids, a wife. I have too many factors when it comes to baseball. I don't want to diminish how much I like playing here, but I'm at a point where I have to take everything in consideration, into consideration. I'm weighing a lot of factors. It might take a few months after the season to make a decision. Last year was easy for me to come back. This year, I honestly have no idea. So, like, that's that's different, right? He brought up, um, Kershaw brought up his injury history, too. Um, he, quote, I still love to play, but I have not been able to stay healthy for a full year. And that's the worst for me. You just feel like you're not part of it. That's hard for me. So I, I think, like, maybe the time – I don't know exactly when Bob Nightingale interviewed Kershaw, but, like, would imagine this whole scenario hasn't 
helped his mindset in terms of uh, he's I would imagine he's not that's not front of mind for him right now, but he is going to take time during the offseason. Now, we've I would say we've known that I think the last two years have been two offseasons have been pretty clear that Kershaw is at, at this like sort of year to year state. He, Kershaw said as much after he signed resigned with the Dodgers in, in technically December, although they reached an agreement like within five days of free agency. So that was a pretty quick deal. Um, but it, it's always going to be basically Dodgers or Rangers. Now it's like Dodgers or Rangers or retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's at least in the consideration. Like, I don't think, I don't know if that's necessarily likely, maybe it's just how he's feeling now, but I think the fact that he's sort of saying it out loud, it, it just makes it a little more real, but like, um, yeah, it just, it was like, this is all sort of a bummer too, because like, so, so like literally as we're recording this, he's, he, Kershaw's going to fall off the innings leaderboards within like three days, I believe, or four. Um, but he's currently leading the National League in ERA and whip. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, he's having a really good year. Like, and, and, like, just not being able to see him pitch is, is a bummer, and it's especially a bummer if this might be it. You know, like, <laughs> so you never know. But, like, that's sort of, that's sort of where we're at with, with, uh, with Kershaw. And just, I can't, obviously I want him to pitch. Right. Uh, uh, successfully in a Dodger uniform as long as possible. But I've been especially wanting another World Series title for him and 3,000 strikeouts in the Dodger uniform. Like, and to be close to certainly one of those and possibly both, uh, I, especially if he doesn't, you know, if one or both of those don't happen this year. I, uh, you know, just one, at least one more, at least one more, please. Sure. So he's at, yeah, he's at 29, 12, uh, with 105 strikeouts this year. So unless, unless he goes, you know, bananas in the last uh, two months, doesn't seem likely he's going to get 3000, but you never know. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where, where he's at now. I will say one person who we have a pretty good idea about, where he'll be in 2024 and, and actually th- through 2032 is Mookie Betts because he signed to a long-term deal. Um, he has been ridiculous uh, of late. <laughs> he just, he's been really, really good. Like heading into the All-Star break, after the All-Star break, took a little brief time off during the home run derby. No, he was, he was fine. He got to check that off his list. Um, but he is on one right now. So, He's got uh, eight home runs in his last 14 games as we're recording this. He reached base 60% of the time against the Mets. He had four hits Saturday. He's been so good that um, teams have in- intentionally walked him three times in front of Freddie Freeman in a, in the last week. <laughs> and, like, that's never that never happened before. Uh, through Sunday, uh, Betts has 24 hits in his last 50 at-bats. Um, he's tied for third in the majors this year with uh, 27 home runs. That's only eight shy of his career high, which was set last year. He's also third in the majors in slugging and fourth in WRC plus 161. He's up there in war as well. Um, so that leads me to my trivia question for you, which what? is very Mookie Betts related. Mm-hmm. Mookie Betts, uh, he drove in the Dodgers only run on Sunday. He leads the team with 65 runs batted in. They're all out of the leadoff spot um, through Sunday. He's on a pace for 114 RBI this year, which would be a major league record for a leadoff hitter. Um, 
But who holds the Dodgers record for most RBI out of the leadoff spot in one season? At least I can take some guesses, and I'll do that after this. Who holds the Dodger record for most run ba- run run runs batted in RB <laughs> run batted ins for yep. uh in the from the leadoff spot? I got that. Yep. Before before you answer, I will say since I mentioned major league record, uh, only two players um, have driven in a hundred runs out of the leadoff spot. Now this isn't their season total for someone who happened to be a leader. This is runs batted in while batting first. Right. Um, Charlie Blackman in 2017 drove in 103, but before him, Darren Erstad, 2000, his classic um, out-of-nowhere year with the Angels. He Still, drove I don't know. I like... How, what's the most uh, Ricky ever hit? Uh, good question. Um, so, by so I remember his, yeah, his MVP year... I want to say he had 28 home runs and 60-something RBIs, okay. um, but I will look. Uh, yes, yeah, 28 home runs, 61 RBIs. His high for a season was 74 RBIs, okay. and that was with, like, the 86 Yankees, 72 yeah. in, in 85. Still, um, all right. Um, 146 hmm. runs in 143 games in 85. Just a ridiculous player. Dodger record. I'm trying, like, trying to figure out era here. Um, as the sort of run, uh, run producing leadoff runner is somewhat modern. I'll stick newish and guess initially. Raphael for call. Um, for call is tied for seventh. Okay. Um, and I will since I'll, I'll give you this. Um, he. He has he had sixty one RBIs in two thousand six out of leadoff spot. Um, I will tell you, Mookie Betts this year, um, with his uh, sixty five RBIs, is fourth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have. I'm going to do one more guess, and then you're going to be a hit, and then I'll take one last step. How about that? Mm-hmm. Is the answer Mookie Betts? It is last year <laughs> with 81. I, I actually, I didn't know that before I did the question. And then what's funny, I did a search. I forgot what I, oh, I think I set the minimum for 80 RBIs. And he was the only one that came up. I was like, oh, man. Like, I, I didn't think so. He had 81 last year. Um, um, before I'm looking him, at though, it now, so you can't ask me. Oh, yeah. Davy Lopes, uh, 73 and 97. That's, Davy Lopes is the class that has the classic go to. Yeah. Tw- 28 home runs out of nowhere and like uh, uh, 73 RBIs. So. Um, yeah. yeah. And what's funny is like, I'm like thinking, like, Pee- like there's no way it's Pee Wee Research. <laughs> right. But, well, I didn't realize it was that low. But, like, it only is because it's so low. Uh, Jock Peterson, like, like, look how hilarious that is. So, so 2019. Jock Peterson out of the leadoff spot, 33 home runs, 64 RBIs. What a what a hilarious player. That's I love it. Uh, okay. Hey, you know what it's time for? Oh, yes, I do. It's time for Questions from Craig. See that little sing Sony? That's that's sleep deprivation. That's exhaustion right there. Alright. Yeah. Recently, Freddie Fema. Fe- Okay. Freddie Freeman. My goodness, I can't say some really common. That's his name on payday. (laughs) Became the latest Dodger to have career totals of at least 2,000 hits and 300 home runs in his career. So this week's trivia, 
are about those individuals who played for the Dodgers since their 1988 World Championship season. Right? I remember that year. Yep. <laughs> since 1989, three players who made their major league debut as a Dodger compiled at least 2,000 hits and 300 hits. I'm just reading the teleprompter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 2,300 hits. Is like I no, should get a teleprompter we, when I do we, the question. Oh, that would be, that'd that'd be really amazing. Good. Um, and they're Kirk yeah. and Eric name these yeah. players. I'm pulling okay, up my answer. So, my cheat sheet real quick. So w- one for sure is Adrian Beltre. Uh, um, correct. Now, oh boy, I'm. I don't think this other person. I'm going to save him. I think. Two thousand hits. Debuted. In that time, I'm having oof. Oh. Uh, Mike Piazza. Yep. Would have been my first guess. Sorry. No, no, no I, I, I probably yeah, would have yeah. bricked on Beltre just because. So again, sleepy. I, I I think part of it, yeah. So um, I because the other one is not immediately coming to me. I'm just gonna say Paul Canerco. Although Correct. I'm, I'm, I was gonna make a nice little Jeff Shell callback. I, I I didn't I didn't wasn't sure if he got to 2,000 hits. I know he got to like 400 on road. Nice. Yeah. Well done. All right. Next one. Four players have uh, between 2003 and 2092 hits. Oof, all right. Freddie Freeman is one of those players. Can Eric name the other three former Dodgers that did not cross the 2100 hit level in their careers? What? Um, that's a weird question. Yep. Um, so three players, uh, four players, ex- uh, you know, three including three plus... My goodness, I have very. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. helping you here. Anyway. Three others besides Freeman is what he said. Uh, hit between 2000 and 2100. So I'm. I don't think this is going to be right because because he played, I think enough with other teams, but my first instinct was to say Willie Davis. Uh, no, but okay. To be clear, these. Pretty sure all of these. This is career totals of people who also happen to be play for the Dodgers. It's not right. even hits as a Dodger. Just to make sure right. that's well. There, I like. I think it's Zach Wheat and Willie Davis are the only two to have. Yeah, two thousand four. That yeah. So Zach Wheat. No, I'm just kidding. Um. Um. Okay, I see. I see where you're saying. So yeah, good. I just forgot what he ended at. Like I, I was trying to think of that. Um. So I think this other person played too long to have this low total, but I'm going to guess it anyway and say Bill Buckner. Nope. Okay, so the other one was... I'll let you know, two of these are firmly uh, my era players. Oh. Um, The other one I'm not super confident about because he had... Maybe just because he fell out. I'm, I'm just I'm going to say Steve Garvey. Uh, no. You just want names? No. no. Uh, let me see. Um, between 2,000 and 2,100 hits, who somehow played uh, Gary Carter. That's one. Um, and just as a hint, he is he not one of your eras? Correct. One? Okay. Correct. Um. <laughs> what about um? 
Sean Green. Sean Green's one of them. Um, the other one. I don't. I don't think this is right, but I'm just going to say Robin Ventura. Adrian Gonzalez. <sighs> nice. Five players who were Dodgers from 1989 to present, at some point, who had careers with at least 500 home runs and 2,000 hits. One of those was Jim Tomey. Can Eric name the other four? Wait, previously mentioned. When, when was he mentioned? Uh, yeah. Um, he wasn't on one of the other ones, right? Unless no. I'm missing it. Um, he just, he's giving you giving you a freebie. Got it. Um, okay, so 500 home runs. Oh, wait, only from 89 to the present? Correct. Ugh, he's robbing me of Eddie Murray. This is... No, I, I, well, I'm, never mind. I'm, I lied. Pretend Eddie Murray's won. Congrats. Congrats. Oh. <laughs> oh, who were Dodgers? Who were Dodgers? There we go. There I we got go. it. Got it. Okay. Confusing um, us, Craig. So in that... Sending poor, tired Jacob these questions. No, these are good. Um, these are good. I like these questions where it's not as a Dodger, and it's like, no, these were right. Dodgers at some point, and they have these amazing career numbers. I like so, these. So Piazza didn't get to 500. <clears throat> so I'm going to say, well, Albert Pujols. Correct. He hit a few more than 500. He, yeah, just a tad. Um, now, oh, man. Wait. Oh, um, Gary Sheffield. Yep. Uh, what, I need one more? You do. Hmm. Um, same, I have a hint for you if you want. Yeah, give, give me a second to try, okay. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. try to suss it out. Um, I'm just I'm having a hard time, like remembering specific some of the like more recent 500 home run hitters. I think I, this one qualifies. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just like, hmm. I'll say, this is what I'm going to say, is that yeah. I think a big reason for that is a lot of the recent 500 home run hitters have a sort of a steroid taint on them. And this player is no exception. Is no exception. Okay. Um, I, well. Proper right, player... I, who was suspended for steroid use as a dog? Oh, of course, Manny. Yep. Yeah, Manny yep. Ramirez. Yeah, that, I, yeah he just—he was not there. He was not yep. in my mind. Yeah. Freddie Freeman is one of seven players with those career totals to be an All-Star as a Dodger. So far, five previous answers to join Freeman are Piazza, Gonzalez, Green, Murray, and Sheffield. Can Eric name the one missing post-1989 Dodger All-Star? Who had at least two thousand hits and three hundred home runs in his career? Oh God! Okay. I'll also let you know, Jacob Era. Jacob not Era. a not a early nineties player. Oh, um, that's okay. Jeff Kent. There you go. Well done. Nice. Good job. You did good. I'm proud of myself. Can the Dodgers avoid giving Noah Syndergaard one more chance, given their pitching situation, or should Gavin Stone get the next shot? So. Stone is definitely in the mix. Um, they they used him as a long reliever that last week heading into the All Star break, and then right before the break, because the minors took four days off too, on Sunday he pitched six scoreless for Oklahoma City and eight strikeouts, like his best start of the year. So like, hey, all right, maybe something's going to happen here. 
Um, yeah, like I think, like we mentioned, with Cindergard, he has to show that, like, the stuff is there, right? Like, um, so he's he's in the mix, right? Like, Grove and Grover Sheehan could like be option, you know, soon, right? If they they don't have, I don't. Maybe Sheehan has a, a longer leash than Grove. I I don't know. I, but I don't think they, they want Grove going deep into games. Um, like, he just hasn't shown that he's effective doing that. So, like, um, they they might, you know, if they need someone in the next two weeks, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Stone is, like, you know, I think he's supposed to pitch Tuesday, so he's probably in line with, with one of those two if, like, next time through. I don't think it's that dire, but, like, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Like, I don't know what they're gonna do with with Cindergard. I guess I, he he probably. I would imagine he's gonna start at least once more for Oklahoma City and maybe twice. I don't know, but like, uh, I think really if, if you're talking about who's gonna be the next Dodger starter up, you know, prior prior to the trade deadline, if they need one, it's gonna be one of those two. And like, if Gavin Stone has another good game. Tuesday, maybe maybe he gets to call if if they need someone. I don't know, but I, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely something to watch for the next week and a half or two weeks or whatever. My glass half full theory is that Kershaw is being held out in hope that once he is back, he'll be set to pitch through October. Given the scarcity of information, even for the Dodgers uh, being disclosed, what do you think about this latest news? We covered a lot of this. Is there anything you uh, wanted to kind of tack on? I mean, that's. I'm certain that's part of it, like, like trying to map out, like, you know, we saw in, like, 2021, the injury was so late that he was just out for the postseason or whatever. Um, they Obviously, when he comes back, they want him to be go through October. But, like I said, I don't think that was necessarily the driving force, but it was certainly a part of a part of the discussion. Um so yeah, I just think, yeah, I, I think that was definitely part of it. But I would imagine, I don't know, like, <laughs> who knows? I'm I, I'm still laughing at like the, I, I know what the exact date is. I'm just not going to tell you, like, when he's coming back. So like, who knows? But I, um, I think, um, I definitely October was like part of the decision making. I think. You you skipped B by the way. Eric, now that we've had almost a week to mull it over, any thoughts on the Dodger drafting strategy in particular to 2024 rosters being reduced down to 165 players in your U.S. system? So that was part of the CBA. Um, Major League Baseball reduced uh, the amount of players teams can have like on minor league rosters. I think it, was, it goes from 180 to 165. So the draft was pretty reachy i would say for the dodgers this year so we were recording as day three was happening the last 10 picks they picked two more high schoolers so they have they drafted six total which is their most in like eight years um and i think they were a little aggressive like thinking you know maybe they don't sign all of them but like you know if they sign them and there it's something they can work out um 
I think that's like that's probably where they're at. They also um, they used their last pick of the draft on a college quarterback who has NFL aspirations. Um, uh, I so it's Uangalale. Um, Wait, dang it! I had it before we recorded. It's D- DJ Uangalale. Um, he was at Clemson for two years, the starting quarterback, and now he transferred to Oregon State. So, from reading, um, the Dodgers at least think like if if um, he like oh by the way he only pitched like three times in high school. He's from St. John's Bosco out here. Um, he pitched three times in high school and like, but he was also throwing like mid nineties. He was there was some thought to him playing baseball at Clemson. He ended up not. He was focusing on football. But their their thinking is like if it doesn't work out, you know. If in football, like, and he wants to pursue baseball, they're going to have a spot open for him. So, mm-hmm. like, I, but that, that's, I think, definitely a long shot. It, they, the, so picks like that. Um, yeah, it's really hard to know. Like, uh, one, they picked a couple uh, junior college guys. One of them uh, in the 14th round, um, it was uh, Jackson Jelkin, uh, was, is his name. And he announced on uh, Sunday on Twitter that, he is uh, not going to sign with the Dodgers. He had actually transferred to a D1 school, Houston. So that's where he's going to pitch next year. He's not going to sign. So, like, but that's like a, you know, 14, not, not saying it, it doesn't matter, but like his, the only, the slot values count for the first 10 rounds. So it's like if you don't sign one of those guys, you lose the slot value. So, in terms of that, like, it's not, it's not the same as like say the eighth round pick or something like that. Cause then it would, it would sort of mess up the calculus in some of that. But like, um, yeah, I, I'm sure they want to, they wanted to sign most of those guys, but I think maybe they were maybe a little more aggressive thinking if we can get these guys cool, but if not, you know, we just, we don't have all the spots. So like, it's going to be interesting to see like when they get these guys signed, I think there's going to be some, some culling of the system too guys who are already in the system and like uh, you know next month or something like you know we could see some some folks getting released all right i have been using zab's hot sauce on salads in place of dressing sometimes what are your thoughts on using a hot sauce should it be one of the flavors as opposed to making just something hot like wings why not both oh yeah always uh, first of all i i do not know what zab's is and i am intrigued um <laughs> but so here here's fun um yeah you can use like like you let's just say like a very basic salad like even like a salad mix right just pour that into a bowl instead of putting italian dressing or blue cheese or whatever put a little you know little green salsa on it and then that's your that's your liquid that helps like it's good like sometimes i will it's not like this it's not the same as salad but a very quick lunch sometimes for me is uh, open a tuna can, uh, put it in a bowl, nothing else but the salsa, and then just mix it up, and that's my lunch, and it's great. Um, so, yeah, I would say, yeah, salsa is great on everything. So, like, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, I uh, sometimes it is a contributing flavor sometimes especially in like chili for instance i'll just add some just to get the heat up um mix it in with other condiments you know you get yeah. to kind of choose your heat if you mix it in with your ranch you get a little hot 
hot sauce ranch action. It's delicious. Oh, so apparently Zabs is is. Uh, I don't know where it's. It looks it looks great. So I am going to <laughs> seek it out at the store and add it add it to my uh, hot sauce that I get. Uh, Lu Pacheco a... is what I use for uh, wings. I mean, I... not for wings for um, eggs and a lot of stuff. So I love it. Uh, I use Frank's a lot, which I know is very sort of basic but, and boring, but but it works. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it does, it, it does exactly what you need. I'm also a big fan of all of the uh, Louisiana hot sauces. Oh yeah, I will like it, depending on if something on, on sale or if they have a new thing. Like, oh, this is like a new like little tiny bottle of habanero something that's like two bucks. I will I will try that. I will try that. And then, like, yeah, it, it's all it's all good. Um, I love it. And now, see, we're recording too late on in the night to go out and get like uh, uh, like a salsa filled thing. But like, uh, I'm sure craving it right now. But yeah, that's it. Uh, Just listen us. to the episode when it comes out, and then remind Wait, yourself. Oh. Ah, I need to go and get some right. zabs and and, uh, and douse it on a salad. I also want to. I I, I want to get like wings and then also pour zabs on the wings now because sure. that's in my head so thank you craig once again for wetting our whistle and uh, thank you everybody for listening thank you to producer brian salvatore for his work on the ones and twos thank you to jacob for um uh staying up crazy hours to record this <laughs> and thank you to everyone and we'll see you again uh, this week. thanks